Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, we're back, and I think it's hilarious that we always say we're back, because obviously we're back, because we're yeah. both in the same room talking to each other. I know, we're thinking we need a new start. Like, I was even trying to do it do last, you know a couple times ago. I, I started yeah. a little bit differently. I, you know, welcome back to the listener. But, I mean, there's got to be a... So maybe people can share how we could open things up more effectively. Well, do you know what I think is interesting? I just saw this right now. Our guests that we're bringing in today, uh, besides a whole list of amazing career uh, highlights is also uh, a public speaker and an inspirer. Ah, he, so I think he, we could actually lean on him a little bit. Good idea. On this. And he's a, a massive BoilingPointPodcast.com fan. He's listened to all the episodes uh, multiple times. Um, uh, welcome to the Boiling Point, Nelson Cabrell. Nelson, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Dave. Um, N- N- Nelson, I-, I am accurate by saying you've heard all of the episodes uh, multiple times, yeah? Yeah, I know. You're putting me on the spot. I've heard probably most of them, and I could probably <laughs> suggest I've heard all of them, but uh, yes, I am a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. Oh, man. Well, listen, before we even start introducing you, um, why don't you tell us, oftentimes we start our podcast by saying, you know, welcome back, or hey, we're back. If, if you were Dave and Greg, how would you start these podcasts? Nothing like put him on the spot right off the bat, Greg. Is uh, would you be coming back? Would you be coming back from just having interviewed a guest? No, we are coming back from a week away from our beloved guests listening to our. Oh, okay. My suggestion is always start with something personal. Obviously, people are here to learn strategies and insights from you guys, but I would always start with something personal. So, if you have been away a while, maybe you just need to start with. Uh, where you've been, uh, maybe a quick uh, quip from both of you where you've been, and something really personal so that the audience can emotionally connect with you right away and open up their hearts and then later open up their minds to you. Okay, so what we're going to do right now, okay, check this out, ready? Uh, Three, two, one. Dave, today was a very special day. What Um, made a special day? I dropped my little girl off for her first day of of grade one. Oh, my. And it was heartbreaking. But I was so proud of her. She's going to an all-French school. She just speaks English. Uh, A sea of children that she doesn't know. And just seeing the little one go into amazing. Um, There's a good transition here into this podcast guest that we have. Um, uh, Nelson Cabrel is also a father of uh of uh, of probably a very same age group uh as my little kaya uh nelson welcome to the podcast how was that for for a personal intro that was per- that was perfect that was perfect and it's funny because i i uh i resonate with you today and yesterday because my kids uh started school yesterday as well so even though i'm excited to uh you know, have them back at school and get back to a, a great fall. I'm missing them because i had a great summer with them so yeah it's always emotional as a as a father so you have you have two kids yeah, I have uh, a four-year-old uh, Finian and uh, Jasmine just turned seven last night. Uh-oh, so uh, nice. we just had a, a seven uh, seven-year-old birthday party for Jasmine last night. So boy and girl, boy great and girl. great times, great times, exciting times, and and thank you for that. That's actually a really good bit of advice, yes. Nelson, for for starting it. And uh, so let's get right to the introduction. I, Dave, many years ago, I got um, a few emails from Nelson. Uh, who uh, has years of experience in the uh, marketing agency world, uh, is creative director, and uh, d- just has a real brilliant mind of marketing and strategy and creative. And uh, we met 
years ago, and we we've done some projects together. Um, and number one, I really think uh, the best thing is we've become really good friends, and we, I think we've got a lot of similar values. You've met him at a Hemings House retreat in the past, um, and Nelson has now jumped really strongly into the world of. Uh, you know, public engagement, public speaking, uh, encouraging people and organizations to be creative, flex that creative muscle. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited to have you on, uh, Nelson. And uh, how about you take take the intro from here? Tell us a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you're doing right now. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Nelson Cabral. I'm known as the world's only triple threat creative leadership expert. That's kind of a mouthful. What that means is uh, in business, I've been a creative leader in three different industries. I've been a creative director in the advertising business. I've been a film director in the film business, and I've also been a musical theater leading man in the, uh, in the entertainment business. So I'm originally from Toronto, born of a Portuguese heritage. And, uh, and yeah, I kind of got into the advertising business uh, probably about 20, 25 years ago. And uh, as time has gone on, I've kind of transitioned into being a, uh, a professional speaker, a, a seminar leader, and a um, kind of a trainer on creativity and innovation. And the reason I've done that is as time has gone on, I've kind of noticed and been really frustrated with clients and agencies and, and different people I work with, just the lack of innovative thought and, and creativity, people hugging the status quo. So as time has gone on, um, kind of my consulting business, Cabral Creative, has kind of gone from a uh, creative and uh, brand management firm into, into being more of a uh, management consulting, leadership development, and creativity and innovation training. So that's what I'm doing right now. And are you enjoying it? Like, I mean, what's the experience been? I mean, it's a shift. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume you're enjoying it. But, I mean, what are you learning as you, as you make that shift, Nelson? Yeah, I'm learning more and more that it's it's more of a huge needed priority in the world today. I'm not sure if the both of you know, but a few years ago, uh, IBM had this amazing study that they put on where they interviewed CEOs from around the world, and they asked them what the most important leadership quality for success was in business today. And what I found really fascinating is, you know, everyone expects integrity, global thinking, influence, but the number one most important leadership quality they chose was creativity. So I found that really fascinating because with the way the world is right now, you know, change is happening at such a rapid pace. So many companies are failing to keep up. It's kind of a rough economy. Um, you know, to thrive and remain competitive, I'm finding that companies need to harness fresh approaches to all aspects of their work. So when I started to transition from the consulting side to the speaking side, you know, a lot of clients lean on me for big ideas to grow their business and attract more customers. I found that leaders were becoming more open to, you know, getting, you know, insights and strategies on how they can improve their, their improve creativity in the organization, in leadership, in, uh, in inciting and inspiring a creative culture, but also in improving the individual creativity of their employees. So, uh, so yeah, it's been great. Oh, well, and you know, it's funny, this conversation about creativity and Greg and I would talk about it fairly often and Greg would, you know, remind me that it's, you know, or, or the listeners that, that everyone's creative when somehow some people have forgotten that. So what are, you know, you know, what's your philosophy on, on, um, you know, each of us being creative and, and, uh, and maybe needing to find outlets for that and, and, and particularly how it, how it impacts, you know, or how it's viewed in business. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Everyone has the potential to be more creative than they are. But what I find is many people lack 
the processes. They lack the confidence. They lack the uh, the strategies and processes in their business to be more creative. And what I find really interesting, especially when it comes to the leadership side, I find most leaders kind of get stuck in their their typical way of being leaders, and that is, you know, they they operate from a you know predictable risk averse position. It's all about ego. It's all about career preservation. But creative leadership, which I kind of focus a lot on, creative leadership has kind of become the new leadership. So it's not about using fear-based tactics. It's all about encouraging and spurring on creativity and spurring on exploration. So, yeah, absolutely. People can be more creative, but it's not just the individuals that need to get those techniques. I find in most businesses today's, it really needs to be leaders. You know, you can't just say, I have an innovative company, here's my innovative culture. It is the responsibility of the leader to lead innovation, to spur on creativity. And uh, I have a program, uh, my, my, uh, my big program is called The Creative Storm. And The Creative Storm is all about uh, nine forces of creative leadership, which I use and I teach leaders that they can do three things in each of, of three different areas, culture, leadership, and individual creativity. Well, you know, it's, it's a, that's a beautiful segue because I was just curious about, like, I actually was going to ask you the question about, you know, a highly creative organizational culture. What does that look like or feel like or, you know, like how would you um, describe that in a way that the listeners could actually say, oh, I'm in that or I'm not in that? Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of go back to the whole concept of leaders and leadership. Leaders need to set the stage, not necessarily perform on it. I heard that quote many years ago, and when I started off as a creative leader in the advertising business, I always wanted to be the guy to come up with ideas. I wanted to do everything. But as time went on, and I became a, a more a more effective leader, a more effective creative leader, I learned that you got to you know unlearn the conventional ways of leadership, and you need to set the stage not necessarily perform in it. So it's really about, you know, you as a leader have the responsibility to keep the passion to create in your team. And, you know, let me go back to my, my nine forces. You need to ignite leadership. So these leaders inspire risk. They drive strategy and they're outstanding cheerleaders. And then they also have a dynamic, dynamic and unstoppable creative culture. So these leaders need to build easy collaboration. These companies have really, really flat uh, organizational structures. They build easy collaboration, a very nurturing environment, and they allow ideas, a storm of fresh ideas to come from every single part of their organization. And then the final thing I'll throw at you in terms of what this company looks like is in terms of their employees, it's all about sparking individual creativity. So the three things for these employees, they are fast idea generators. They know how to figure out empathy and, and, and relate to their target market. And they're really, really good at stating their case. They're very good when they have a point of view and they have an idea. They're really, really good at defending their ideas. When I'm directing on set, and you know, I've had the pleasure of being on set with Greg as well when Greg's been directing, the great thing I have in common with Greg is I think we're both incredibly collaborative. We're both incredibly open to just letting this creative storm of fresh ideas come from everybody. And as a director, as a leader, as a creative leader in a scenario like that, it's all about following the good ideas. It's not about me or Greg coming up with those ideas. It's about following the best ideas. So I probably rambled on there for a little bit, but that's kind of where my creative storm, my, my kind of 
idea of the the perfect organizational uh, creative structure could be. Nelson, why do you think this is becoming critical now? I mean, people like you and I have existed forever, but you mentioned earlier that it's now becoming critical for leaders to lead uh, a creative culture. Um, I think it's been needed forever since the beginning of time, but there's a shift happening right now. Uh, we're seeing the similar shift happening in this whole concept of triple bottom line business and social impact business and you know building profits in order to, to make positive impact. That shift is happening now as well. What's your thoughts on that? What's going on in this? I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's just uh, the evolution of our, of our society and culture, but w- what's your thoughts on this? Like This is kind of a new concept in a way for a lot of leaders to hear. It is, and especially the concept of creative leadership. It's a relatively it's relatively new in the business world, and many people aren't really sure what it means, even though it's been there for a while. But there there is an urgency. There's an urgency from many leaders to kind of embrace this whole idea of creative leadership. I'll probably go back to uh, to one of the nuggets that you just pulled up there. Just the whole evolution of so many different things. I find change in so many levels is happening at such a rapid pace these days. And again, there's a lot of companies that continue to hug the status quo. And hug the status quo is a surefire path to mediocrity and decay. So to thrive and remain competitive, uh, like I said, I I find you really need to harness fresh approaches to, to all aspects of your work. And those people and those companies who can find the best ways to connect with people, again, economy, uh, more and more competition, the internet. I just find, you know, uh, it, it's, people are finding it really, really, you know, stiffer competition. Um, so for me, um, people who find the best ways to connect with people to make greater content, not just greater content, outstanding content. Hemings House is, uh, is doing a great job of producing outstanding content. So the people that can find the best ways to connect pe- with people uh, to make the, the best content, best products, or find new ways to be useful, they're the ones that are going to win. So I think a lot of this is just coming up, coming out from just the the uh, just the uh, the unprecedented change in the world. That's that's where my I would and managing companies, you know, people trying to manage companies in today's world with all the change there, it's tough. It's tough. So I, I think for me. I've learned, and I'm hearing from a lot of my clients and a lot of people I, I collaborate with, creative leadership. It's it's the new leadership. It's the way that, you know, organize, you know, creative leaders don't really panic in the midst of uncertainty. They don't freak out when all this change company, when all this change comes. They see it as a challenge to overcome and an opportunity to do something different. So, and who are the? Are, I mean, are there some great examples that you could share? of, you know, an individual who you'd describe as a very creative leader or an organization that's, and, and knowing that no one's perfect, but that's that's done a good job of embracing a culture of, you know, risk-taking and, and collaboration and all these great things you're describing, um, you know, just to, to make this a little more real for people? Yeah, sure. I think I'd probably go to the, the typical, um, <laughs> actually probably, the top creative organization of all, I'd probably go to Disney. I'd probably go to Disney and maybe even particularly go to Pixar. The interesting thing about Pixar, uh, you know, they're, they're always so solid at driving something new, driving something unexpected. 
And their creative culture is all about encouraging hundreds and hundreds of people to generate ideas. That's what the leaders do. Obviously, the leaders choose the right ideas, but it's their job of getting a group of people together to generate lots and lots and lots of ideas. And it's the creative director or leader's job to sort those ideas and find the ideas that are going to fit into that vision. So the interesting thing about Pixar is they're just so good at taking risks and they're so good at creating a way that a community comes together to solve problems. And, you know, because they build this positive community where everyone's engaged, again, you're probably hearing me say this over and over again, this storm of fresh ideas coming from everybody, that just builds incredible morale. It gets a very vibrant, dynamic, and healthy culture. And not only that, they they basically come up with brilliant ideas, breakthrough creativity, and they drive innovation each and every day. Um. Here's a question. We, we talked to Marcel Lebrun uh, last week, uh, and I asked him a very similar question. If you are consulting with <clears throat> with people who are organizations that have, uh, you know, a mature culture, um, and then this new concept comes in, like a leader just totally gets tuned in to this concept of uh, of creating a, a creative culture, um, is it a shock to the system? Um, or is it a welcomed change? What are you finding? Because we live in an area in Atlantic Canada where we have so many, uh, you know, heritage businesses who you know have, have have been built over years and years of of a steady culture, but don't necessarily embrace creativity. But now, because the trend is happening and they're being forced into this area, is are cultures uh, adapting and adopting to this quite uh, quite smoothly uh, from your perspective? <laughs> I have a big smile on my face because you, you've nailed such a, an incredible insight. Um, I come across different companies. I come across some companies that are, you know, in the creative industries, and obviously that's, you know, most of the companies I work with are in the creative industries, and they've, they've, they've got, you know, a lot of different characteristics of that brilliant creative storm organizational culture. I come across some that have some aspects of it, and the way I kind of do an audit is I do an audit of the way, you know, the way the leaders work. I do an audit of the way the culture works, and then I do an audit of the way the individuals work. Because, you know, the creative storm is about those three things coming together, the forces aligning. So when you get to that one that doesn't have much, um, I, my recommendation is it's all about small steps. It's all about integrating one small thing here, one small thing there. And a lot of the programs I do, some of them are six-month programs. Some of them are, are year-long programs. And absolutely, you can't just turn the key and, uh, and, and you're going to turn into a creative culture because everyone, there's a lot of stuckness. There's a lot of traditional status quo thinking with the archaic business model. And that's why this creative storm concept that I've come up with, it really does come in and blow away all these traditional ways of thinking. And when I, when I kind of do these full-day seminars or if I do keynotes, um, obviously my whole concept would be in a perfect world is for us to blow away all these archaic ways of thinking, but you can't do that. You can't do that. So my recommendation would be small steps, whether it's in, you know, the, the culture aspect, whether it's in the leader learning to, to be, be a better, uh, more effective manager at spurring on creativity, or maybe it's not enough talent. Maybe it's the individual creative professionals or the individual professionals there. Maybe 
They have all this creativity bottled up, but they don't have the processes to unleash it. So like I said, I think the key is for an organization to think about where they are right now, to really think about that status quo, and then think about those three things I talked about. You know, how, does, how do leaders work? How, is, how, uh, how does the culture work? How creative are the individuals? Are they allowed to express their creativity? So when you look at those three things, maybe it's just taking one little aspect of leadership, one little aspect of culture, one little aspect of individual creativity, and then start to to build that program around uh, moving a company forward. And you know, some companies are not going to take that full creative storm on, and I don't think they need to. But I think what I preach is I preach that creativity is the most powerful force in business. Creativity is sexy. So I basically encourage companies, <laughs> I encourage companies to start a creative revolution or start a creative storm in their business to ignite their organization's growth engine. Cause that's what this is about. This is not about arts. Greg, you and I were, were together a few weeks ago. We talked about creativity. I love creativity as much as you, we all love creativity, but I'm talking about you know, being a hardcore business mandate. Creativity is a hardcore business mandate. So it's a business creativity. It's about injecting creativity into an organization so that they can grow, so that they can jumpstart and ignite their organization's growth engine. So. Well, Nelson, this is this is really cool. I, I want to ask Dave, because Dave, coming from the world of executive coaching uh, and, you know, consulting with, with businesses in different uh, different leadership ways, how does this resonate with you? Because what Nelson's doing is such a interesting niche, uh, but it sounds like he's talking the same language of, about what you and your colleagues at Vision Coaching do. Yeah, no, in it's, a different way. Well, know, but, no, no, but it, but you know what? I mean, even sometimes I would say uh, I would make the argument, or um, we could de- debate the point that you know, you even introducing a coach into helping a develop a leader develop could be a creative solution, um, and and really you're co-creating something with the leader. You might be assessing where they're at, but you're also, um, you know, a component might be that they're you know they need to actually um, you know take more risk. And um, think more creatively. Like nothing, you know. I'm actually I'm thinking of a mandate that one of my coaches is delivering right now. And the issue, and, and Nelson, you'll appreciate this, is that that um, the, this is a senior person is, um, you know, is is basically yeah, he hasn't moved the needle with the team, uh, with his particular team. Um, and, and is more, you know, focused on the status quo. And that's becoming, they can see it's a real hindrance, right? So they're actually looking for it. They're just not sure how to find it. So, you know, they could benefit from coaching or working with someone like Nelson. Um, you know, so I, you know, I, yeah, I think it's wonderful. And I mean, and what it does is it, it, it kind of, th- I like, what I like about Nelson is it, it also throws away this old, old model of what a leader should be and kind of embraces, I think, where we need to be, you know, most organizations need to be going um so i don't does that help greg yeah totally i just think you two need to be friends that's all i'm saying yeah. oh, we, we already are but you know <laughs> I, I, I was, if i could mention if i could mention two things as well um it's uh it's managing for collective creativity like you talked about changing the way leaders it, it really is the new leadership it's about managing for collective creativity and one other thing i'll say i'm actually putting a proposal together for um for a national grocery chain right now and i've done a little bit of auditing of what's going on and you hit the nail on the head dave because what i find is happening and this is kind of an internal marketing department what's happening right now is they have an incredibly talented group of designers and art directors and account people and they've got such talent there they've got a great culture they've got an amazing culture internally at this uh, at this company but the two leaders 
running the ship are not envisioning the way creative leads. They're not working the way creative leaders work. They're in that traditional mindset that's very much about ego, very much about fear-based. So what's really interesting is I may have an opportunity to go in, and you're right, it's not about a creative culture. It's not about getting these individual creativity, uh, sparking more creativity from the individuals. It's about being able to just shift the mindset of this leader. And you're absolutely right, a coach like yourself or myself to get in there and just kind of help them with the types of, you know, skill sets, strategy, and tools that they need to think differently about the way they, they lead innovation and lead creativity. So. Now, and one other piece that just comes to mind for me is that it's also helping um, leaders, uh, all of us, um, learn how to communicate in a way that creates uh, a, a safe environment for people to express what they see. You know, and that might be, you know, for you, Greg, with your team, because you can stifle things pretty quickly or you can ask really powerful questions and you can listen in a new way to, to, to someone who's, you know, and help them spark ideas that helps drive your company. Yeah, well, I, I think it goes back to Nelson, you and I, uh, the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago is, you know, creativity. It's it's so true. It's not artistic. Or, yeah, certainly being an artist, you're you're being creative. But you know what's being creative is building a team. Or, you know, creating an environment where a family can thrive or writing a song or, you know, making a, a baseball, uh, you know, throw in a certain direction. We're all creative, you know, and uh, I think there's such an amazing opportunity here for you, Nelson. Um, Nelson, this is great. Thank you so much, man. We've, we've actually sadly run out of time. Um, this is uh, it's, it's always really validating to hear people like you, Nelson, speak the gospel of creativity and for, for people to just get out of that box of, of saying, oh, I'm not creative, oh, cre-, you know, I'm not artistic, all this sort of thing. We all must embrace creativity if we're going to literally create success. And we need, we need to find out how people can reach Nelson. So, Nelson, give us, give us your deets, if you would. And I think they should ask you when they get a hold of you a question. I think the question would be... Um, how do you keep that passion, you know, and that fire burning? Because, man, you, it comes across, like, loud and clear. So I, I would encourage listeners to ask you that, because I wanted to ask you that, but we don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and listen, it's the, I, I, I'm very passionate, and Greg's known me for a long time, and I usually come across, but I have bad days, too, and uh, I lose sleep thank, over it. So, yeah. Thank <laughs> God. That makes me yeah. feel much better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, sure. My uh, my website, the easiest thing is to go to my website, nelsoncabral.ca, www.nelsoncabral, C-A-B-R-A-L.ca, and they can get further contact info there. But have a look, and I've got a bunch of resources there and a blog and articles where leaders can, managers can have a look, and even anybody can have a look, and a bunch of tips and tools and insights on how they can be more creative and uh, and lead innovation. Fantastic, my friend. Looking forward to seeing you again uh, in person soon, Nelson. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Dave. All Thanks, right. Greg. Thanks. Take care. See you, Nelson. Take care. Um, so, wow, what a ball of energy. That was and awesome. I, I, like, I really love how he expresses... Um, just the need for, you know, kind of that creative culture, creative leaders, creative conversations. How do we support each other and collaborating? I mean, just, you know, and, and sometimes it's just about language, but, you know, it's funny. You you asked, I thought, like, you, you kind of, the question you asked me was really very relevant. And I thought, you know, in a way, there's so many similarities to when we see people 
organizations, you know, kind of adopt this philosophy of, of or, or, or embark on creating a coaching culture, in a way, it's kind of, you know, it's it's maybe another way to describe it would be a creative culture. Creative culture. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, and, and then, you know, for whatever reason, you got these, you know, kind of camps that want to say, well, we want to call it this, and someone else wants to call it that. But, I mean, to me, the, the overlap is, is quite amazing. And what he describes, you know, like a Pixar or whatever, you just can't help but think, you know, you know, I haven't. I've, I've worked for two years for someone in the last twenty-five years, and I was not a good employee. But you know, you cre- that kind of environment. You know, maybe I could. Like you know, and that's 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 you know, as I'm speaking to someone who's worked for himself for years and years and years. But you know what I mean? Like that's part of it. You want to mm-hmm. create a culture, uh, you know, that you can thrive in, and sometimes it's easier just to create it on your own. Talk about creativity. Then try to find it somewhere else. Exactly. So, so that's that was that. I, I thank you for bringing him on. He just and and I just love his energy. A hundred percent. And you know, I, again, I'll, I'll be quick with my takeaway. It's just the the pure fact that we are all creative, and those of us who are not flexing that muscle, not exercising it, uh, are going to just get continue to get weak to a point uh, where there's going to be no entry point for passion. You know, keeping it real, keeping it open and creative uh, is is the gospel of Nelson. <laughs> and that's it that's it man okay thanks a lot Dave next week alright something personal we're gonna start it off with oh yes yeah. done alright talk to you later man see ya <laughs> thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod to see more from Dave Vale check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.